Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, um, May 11th, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter into action on page 80, the fourth paragraph, after consulting with his wife and ending with, this all happened years ago, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Chris G., for the 12 traditions, Jen P., Reading the text are Benita L. and Pam S. R. The newcomer greeter is Reva P. And the host of the second hour is Matt J. F. The reference numbers for Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,248. That's 20248. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,249. That's 20249. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Chris G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you. Um, My name is Chris G. and I live in Tennessee and I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Who came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for stepping in. And I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Jen P., um, grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery, oops, I think I got it, sorry. Um, personal recovery depends upon our unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message, the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overuse Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 80, the fourth paragraph, after consulting with his wife and partner, ending with this all happened years ago and commenting on that one paragraph. And I will ask Vanita L. to begin reading. Hi, Vanita L., recovered compulsive reader from Georgia. After consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion that it was better to take those risks than to stand before his creator, guilty of such ruinous slander. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyway. He attended church for the first time in many years. 
After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. His action met widespread approval, and today he is one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. So we know from the story from the previous paragraphs that um, the reason he's consulting with his wife and his partner is because they're people who would be directly involved with um, however this turns out. And he he gets his priorities straight because he's realizing if he's not in alignment which, with his creator, um, that the guilt and the shame that he's carrying at having destroyed somebody else's um, reputation and company, um, you know, is, is going to turn on him, right? Because whenever we attack somebody else or hurt somebody else, right? We're also hurting ourselves. So I, um, then he makes a, well, he doesn't make a direct amends to that person, but he needed to clean up the person's reputation. So he's making the amends to his community. And, you know, I think one thing that I've been noticing as a sponsor is that people, and I know other people have mentioned this in the past few days, but I see people want to take the easy way out a lot and not do direct amends, and they want to do living amends. And um, in places where, to me, it seems obvious that direct amends is in order, and it says we're supposed to make direct amends whenever possible, except when it would injure, um, it doesn't say ourselves, the other person or others. So um, it doesn't say, right? We have to not injure ourselves. And this man, when he made this amends, he knew he was taking a pretty big risk in his community. And there's there's really power, in my experience, the power with the direct amends is... Um, there's a lot of power there, right? Facing what we did face-to-face with the other person. Or in this example, you know, he's facing his community to um, restore the reputation of the other person. They don't go more into, you know, exactly what happened with his rival and that man's business and things like that. But um, there's I would imagine there's more to the story. But anyway, I just, um, I think there's such a beauty in this story and how we have our higher power to guide us. And really, it's been really stressed in my mind over the years how we have to consult other people with a lot of amends. And like I've said recently too, I've had to go up the chain of sponsor, grand sponsor and commands, you know, for some things, because some of these amends can be incredibly tricky. Thank you. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, so um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this fourth paragraph on page 80? Christina. Star Christina. one. Julie. Terry K. Liz E. UK. Reva P. Terry K. Okay, I got you, Terry, Liz, and Chris. Um, and then Reva. Julie M. Christina J. Julie. I got you, Christina. Majo. Elena C. 
Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Christina J, Terry K, Liz E, Reba P, Julie uh, M, Marge O, and Elena C. Was there anyone else that I missed? Who wanted to share? Okay, let's go with this list. Let's start with Christina J, followed by Terry K. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure I didn't get muted. Christina J from North Carolina. My phone has been down. It. Uh, I said it in a cup of tea. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, I got another phone, and now I'm good to go. Um, but I wanted to say I'm... Uh, I've been making a character assassination amends lately. Looking back at my past where I have uh, indirectly let someone else take the blame for something I did. And, um, and it didn't affect the person per se. They didn't know about it. But the person that I, a character assassinated them with indirectly did know about it. And in my mind, they probably thought less of them. They thought, you know, anyway, um, one gal was a heavyset gal. And I was stealing candy out of my boss's desk, and I indirectly suggested that this uh, heavyset gal was doing it. And, um, you know, it all made sense, right? <laughs> I'm the flaming compulsive overeater. Who knows if she is? Uh, but I recently made that amends. And um, also recently my boss, who I work with, had fired someone. And she was just not a good worker. She was doing funky things and this and that. And, and a funky thing came up after she was gone. And he said, oh, my God, you know, was this this gal? And I said, probably. And I didn't know at the moment I said that, that it wasn't her. And I looked back through emails, and it was me who had caused the problem. So I gathered my courage and God's guidance and talked to my sponsor about it and went in and uh, – you know, said, I don't want you to think that, you know, this is just another strike against this person. And, you know, what I love about this program, and this is the biggest message for me this morning, when I first came in, I was making amends for stealing food and this and that, stealing and lying, and, you know, um, and as I get deeper, I realize things that are, you know, I would have never thought about apologizing for stuff like this because, you know, I have to be liked. I have to be perfect. I have to let you think that there's nothing wrong with me, that I would never steal food, that I would never uh, do something wrong. You know, I, you know, an old wound from the past uh, that went with me that, you know, I just could never be wrong because then you wouldn't love me, right? So now I know that to love myself and to let God show me, he loves me so much, he's revealing painful things to me that I need to clean up. And I love it. It's hard, but I love it because I can sleep better at night. This is a beautiful program, and anybody out there that's still kind of got one toe in and one toe out, uh, just keep listening and coming back, and pretty soon you'll find the golden road to true soul recovery. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, I'm Terry Jay. And next is Terry Kay, followed by Liz E. Hi, I'm Terry Kay from Long Island, a compulsive overeater who has had um, some moments of struggling lately. Um, I'm back on track with my food for today. You know, let's keep it at that. Trying to focus in the day. 
Um, I had left off when I really decided. I, it was a decision to pick up the food. The pain was just too bad, and I'd pushed God out of my life um, in that moment. So I did pick up for a day, and then I was okay for a few more days, and then I picked up again. Um, you know, right now I think I'm in a better place, and I'm trying to really focus on keeping God in my life because that is the secret. I had left off on working on steps 9 and 10. And um, my sponsor said to put things on hold while until I get a good abstinence back. But I'm moving forward with my living amends to my stepmother. And, you know, thank God I am at this point because it's very trying times. Um, um, And, you know, I guess it's all in God's time. That's what the reality of it comes down to. So I will pass on that. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Terry Kay. Liz E, you're up. Liz E, star one. Good morning, Liz E, for Elegant from the UK. Um, thank you, you very much, thank you. everybody, for your service here today. And, oh, hallelujah, it's sunshine here in Bristol in the southwest of England. Um, makes me so happy, makes my heart sing. And just really want to encourage anybody who hasn't shared or is a shy sharer, just do that star one. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm asking God what to say. And for me, I just pick a phrase in the paragraph and what's it saying. And it's for me, it's about um, stand before his creator, guilty of such ruinous slander he saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and this is the thing for me I've got to my sponsor was talking to me she's just the most beautiful person um and um she um was you know I've got to get out of my head she keeps going Liz you're in your head And I've got to move to my heart and um, moving to the place that the outcome is in God's hands, not Liz's hands, God's hands. And, you know, it's just so difficult, but so easy to do. And I guess that's an oxymoron, isn't it? But, you know, something the other day, I was really challenged over a legal issue that I'm involved in. And I did some meditation and I prayed and I prayed and, and I just kind of said, God, have it. And do you know what? Later that day, a friend called me and said, Liz, I'll take it off your hands. I'll, I'll go to court on your behalf. And oh, my goodness, that was just an amazing gift. I didn't even know that solution was a possibility I didn't know that that could happen. Um, it was just impossible. Um, in my in my thinking, it was impossible. So just really to encourage people to really go from your head to your heart and place the outcome in God's hands. And God really wants the best for you and I all of the time. Lots of love, everybody. I love outreach. I'm on the the list what you call it um take care have a beautiful day and thanks everyone bye 
Thank you, Liz E. from the UK. Okay, next we will have Reva P. followed by Julie M. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The two things that strike me are, first of all, just a few paragraphs above, it has the instructions before taking drastic action that would implicate others. You know, we do these four things. We secure their consent. Um, we obtain their permission. We consult with others. We ask God for help. And then if the drastic action is indicated, we don't shrink. And that's exactly what he did. And it uses exactly the same words. You know, he consulted his wife and partner. He came to, he came to, he did the work. Um, and he came to the conclusion that he had to take the risk. Um, so I love that reminder that this is a process that's not a quick fix. Um, and a lot of times for my amends, it takes time. I sort of don't like that. I like getting it off my list, ticking it off um, so I can feel better. But I've done that and I don't feel better if I don't follow these instructions. Um, so I'm in the process of making an amend to someone and it's taken weeks and it's uncomfortable, but this is God's way, and I'm doing it slowly, consulting others uh, before taking a drastic action. Um, the thing that strikes me the most is placing the outcome in God's hands. Easier said than done. Um, I was in the outcomes business. I, I think for me, it was the opposite. I would do anything and everything, irregardless of other people to control and manage and create the outcomes that I wanted. And you know, I've come to realize that when I am busy controlling and trying to determine the outcome, it's basically me saying that I know better than God. I know how this should turn out. And do I really? Um, do I think I, I know better than God? And sometimes in hindsight, I see how the outcome was better than I could have planned. And sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I don't know why the outcome is that way, and it doesn't seem like it's such a great idea, but that's the God of my misunderstanding, right? Sometimes I just don't know. Um, so I'm not in the outcomes business anymore. I do the footwork and leave the results to God, and it's not always easy, and it's, I don't always like it, but, but that, I have no choice. That's, that's what I have to trust. So um, I'm in the process of planning my mother's unveiling, and it's taking time because this is like an amend, you know, what, what would be the things that she would appreciate. Um, um, and it takes time and, and I'm learning to be okay with the discomfort and the pace at which my higher power works. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Okay, Julie M, you're up, followed by Marge O. Hi, this is Julie M, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And the line that I want to focus on is he saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again. This is a warning. And this tells me that if I don't make the amends that I realize I have to make, I am going to eat again. And, you know, I think about my daughter who has been using meth for 10 years and I've watched her sleep on the streets and work as a stripper. And, you know, I could sit here and, and 
take her inventory all day long. She could leave the planet at any moment. <clears throat> she was also addicted to fentanyl, which um, is incredibly dangerous. And I have made amends to her to the best of my ability for, you know, everything that I've ever possibly said wrong to her, done wrong to her. And if I don't make those amends to her and she's gone and she, you know, leaves the planet, I will have to carry that with me for my entire life. And as a mother, I cannot imagine anything more devastating for me. And, you know, if she's gone before I am, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be in the food so devastated that I held a grudge against her for the decisions that she makes in her life. And, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. She's not the only one in my life that could go at any moment. I mean, any one of us could go at any moment. And so, yes, we can make amends after someone's gone. But if, I've, if I'm given the opportunity to make the amends now, I, what this tells me is there's no time like the present. And, yes, I have to plan my amends. I have to write it out and go over it with a sponsor and, um, you know, make sure that I show up in the best way possible. But that doesn't mean wait and wait and wait. Certainly not wait till my daughter gets clean because that could never happen. That's, you know, who knows. Um, and it makes me so grateful to have my own addiction because with my own struggle with food and my own struggle to be abstinent and my, you know, all the things around addiction, it, it helps me see her as an addict, but she's not only an addict. She's the person I love most on this planet. And um, it's been a very, very difficult relationship. My heart breaks for her often, and it breaks for myself often. And I have to place it all in God's hands. But my choice is to get the amends done as soon as possible, especially knowing that if I don't, I'm going to soon start eating again. And um, there's nothing Time, please. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing, Julie. Um, Marge O, you're up, followed by Elena C. And then we'll open it up for more shares and just uh, take a second and let me know where you let you know where we are. We're on page 80, the fourth paragraph, paragraph after consulting with his wife, reading that one paragraph. Okay, go ahead, please, Marge. Good morning. Marge O, we covered in Massachusetts. Thank you for your service today. I just wanted to speak to this whole time that we've been working on step nine and how much more I have learned. But what I wanted to share mostly is I already knew this, but I wasn't able to really um, transfer it out to others. The freedom I felt and I still feel because I was able to do my amends, there were, there were many. And the one thing I know for sure is you have to have a sponsor to go over things because I had that personality that tended to think everything that everything was my fault. So I I had to go over my list, but I had two big financial amends to make, and I had carried those for many, many years, and I am a perfect example of how far down the scale you can go as far as the when I created those 
difficulties in the family with the you know with the finances I had no idea I could do something like that because I actually took money that didn't belong to me. And I also let somebody, I let my husband think that somebody in the family didn't pay for something that they should have when in fact they did. And I used the money for something else and it was a big struggle to pay the bill that he thought the other person created and he didn't. And I lived with that for so long and tried to push it down and Early on, it was with food and other spending and things like that. And then as I came into program, the food got a little better. But there was always this yearning and always this worry and concern that, um, seriously, I'd be thrown out of the family. No one would ever speak to me again. Maybe they'd call the cops on me. Who knew? Who knew? But... um, to be relieved of that and to walk in the sunlight of the spirit, and I didn't know to call it that back then, but it it, it, it made all the difference in the world in my program and my connection with my higher power. So as somebody else has said before, the answers are in the big book and go to it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marge. Okay, Elena C., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more people. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. I spell my name E-L-E-N-A from South Carolina. Thank you so much, moderator, and I thank you so much for all your shares. And just like someone else said, I like to focus on um, a sentence in the paragraph that stands out to me and This paragraph I um, really like, his action met widespread approval, and today he's one of the most trusted citizens of his town. And here's what I found through my journey of healing, recovery, that when I stand up and own my part and have the courage to overcome my shame and guilt, because that's what it is, making an amends is overcoming my shame and guilt because I'm afraid of what the outcome might be. But when I have that courage, and the courage is from my higher power, um, then, you know, there's so much forgiveness. There's so much forgiveness in my life. The universe is providing. The universe and God within um, each person I encounter, you know, it's possible to get, um, to come out and um, provide to me the healing. And, you know, maybe it's not that particular moment, that particular day when I make the amend, but it, maybe it doesn't come from that particular person, but it comes out sideways. And it's clear to me today that, you know, I that healing and forgiveness of our amazing higher power is there and is because inside each one of us is the fundamental idea of God, you know, and we in the program have these tools to access that fundamental idea of God, that healing power of our soul, our body, our mind. And so it gives me a lot of courage. And the other thing, the piece is just 
patience, the patience. I won't be getting the results that I want. I don't have to. I have no idea what's good for me today. And all I need to do is just to surrender of God's idea. God knows what's good for me and others, not me, not me. And that is the best thing that I can ever do for other people, my own journey of recovery, my own healing and desire to build this beautiful relationship with my creator is great for other people. It's healing for other people. And thank you so much for letting me share with that out there. Thank you so much, Elena. Okay, so who else would like to press star one and share on the fourth paragraph on page 80? And again, although we value your experience, we ask that you share only every third day. Who would like to share? Priscilla H. Jen P. Priscilla H. Jen P. Tamara C. Joanne P. Sabra A. Sabra, Joanne. Joanne W. I'm sorry, who W? Joanne. Joanne W. Okay, I'm sorry, if someone else is speaking, I can't hear you. Elizabeth B. Elizabeth B. Julie P. Okay, let's stop there. Okay, I have Priscilla H., Jen P., Tamara C., Sabra, Joanne, sorry, I didn't get your initials, Sue Ann W., Elizabeth B., and Julie P. Go ahead, please, Priscilla H., followed by Jen P. Thank you so much. I hope I'm unmuted. Um, You are. Thank you, Priscilla H., grateful to be recovered, physically recovered and otherwise recovering in New Jersey. Um, The thing that jumps out at me from this paragraph is the fact that the man attended church to make his amends, and he had not been in that church for years. Now, whatever possessed him to do that, I can only assume that... uh, as he talked it over with his wife and his partner and probably some of his recovering friends, um, they must have come to the conclusion that that would be the place for him to make his amends, this church that he hadn't been into for years. And um, I I can only assume it had to do with the, the 1930s and the nature of the community and so forth. But, why does that matter? Um, what comes to me is about uh, step nine saying that we make amends wherever possible. It sometimes gets read whenever possible, but the book doesn't say that we make amends whenever possible. That would suggest that sometimes it might not be possible so we don't have to do it. Not what the book says. The book says wherever possible. And I've found for me that many of my most important amends have been people who are no longer living. 
And so wherever possible, maybe uh, at the cemetery, maybe on my back porch, maybe in my yard, maybe in my living room, maybe uh, wherever I can make some symbolic amends to those people. Um, I could go on and on, but I think that that's the important point, that we do our amends not when possible, it's always possible, so we do our amends where possible. That might be a local food bank. That might be the Salvation Army's Christmas bell um, kettle. Wherever it is possible to make amends, that's where I must do it. So thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Okay, uh, Jen P., you're up, followed by Tamara C. Hi, this is Jen P., uh, compulsive overeater, recovering compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie. I uh, want to also thank the person who suggested that encouraged uh, people on the line to to speak. So thank you. Um, you know, what stands out to me in this is the words that are verbs, <laughs> actions, you know, I had to take those risks and then place the outcome and attending church and quietly got up and his action. And that goes along with this chapter, which is into action. But there are several verbs in this paragraph, and it doesn't say he sat by and did nothing. It talks about the action that he took. And for me... um, Every time I've had to the outcome place the outcome in God's hand, it has always worked better. And it's about all of these steps together. You know, when I came in 23 years ago, I had to place the outcome. At first, it was about, you know, can I lose weight? Can I put the food down? Can I be abstinent? And I had when I put the outcome in God's hands, all of that happened. And so, 23 years later. I'm still having to put all of the outcomes in God's hands. And that's what's beautiful about this Vision for You meeting is it's a life change. It's a transformation. It's it's about putting the outcome of my children in God's hands, putting the outcome of my profession in God's hands, putting the outcome of my relationships in God's hands. Everything I put in God's hands. And sometimes the more I try to hold on, the the harder the struggle is. And so... I want to also just say, how do I put the outcome in God's hands? We, somebody on this line always says it's not a program of wanting, it's a program of doing. And so I think of a third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with thee and do with thee as thou wilt. And help me to go out and help another person. So what has always worked for me to put the outcome in God's hands is to say, God, I put the outcome in your hands and then go and find how I can be of service. And, and go and help someone else. Um, so thank you so much, Katie, for the meeting, and thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen P. Okay, Tamara C., you're up, followed by Sabra. Thanks, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Tamara C. I am in um, Missouri, and I'm very grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. And I wanted to share on this idea that um, it's better for me to risk disgrace than to have an amends undone. 
And I think, you know, why? I mean, disgrace is a really big deal for someone like me who has spent my life trying to earn favor, trying to get my security and worth from what the world thinks of me. I mean, wow, to to say something is worth um, having people think less of me. Um, and And the reason is because if I'm not willing to go to any lengths for this um, spiritual transformation, then what kind of life do I have anyway? It's it's not really living. It's miserable suffering. So this possibility of disgrace is better than the certainty of horror and terror and remorse and the pain of my untreated condition. And then um, uh, this idea of putting outcome in God's hands well, I'm coming to believe that God is for me. So if I already have love, acceptance, and approval, and security, then um, whatever the outcome, even if the outcome is disgrace, then uh, I won't be alone. God can use it, and it may be for my growth. So I am safe, and I'm okay. And I may look back on it with gratitude for the lessons learned and for how it shaped me. Um, I am coming to believe that whatever happens in this world, God has me. Um, my sponsor encouraged me to, as I thought of each amends and you know wrote out the script, what I, what I might say, to start with reminding myself what I am learning about my higher power, what my higher power has to say to me. So if, if my higher power says, Tamara, you are enough, I love you, I've got you, then it's safe for me to, to be honest and real and and admit the harms that I've done. Making these amends, especially the most difficult ones, with the help of a sponsor and a higher power and the right motives, it brings us transformation in the way I am in my relationships with others. Um, Like when I went and made amends to the people I had gossiped to, um, it did give me this freedom from the temptation to gossip in the future. Um, today I'm willing to do the hard things because I've learned that it's definitely worth it. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, um, Tamara C. Sabra, you're up, followed by Joanne P. Good morning. This is Sabra A. in Indiana. Something recently happened um, when I was reading with my sponsor and came upon, you know, owing your debts. And so it started getting to me. So I had owed almost $8,000 to a creditor for an accident I was in. And I, you know, couldn't see where that money was going to come. And so I finally called I, I, I worked out my bills and everything. I called, and the lady told me that it was less than $4,000. And so the goddess is great. She really is. She, she looked after me, and I now I'm able to start paying that off and having that off of my soul. And so thank you for letting me share, and everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Sabra. Okay, Joanne P., you're up, followed by Sue Ann W. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Joey MP from Pennsylvania. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and so happy to be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to share on, yeah, on our thoughts on them. And um, as I look at this paragraph, <clears throat> I have how highlighted um, had to place the outcome in God's hands, and. I'm just so grateful for my abstinence and my recovery in this program and to understand that I have to live a daily amends, make up for everything that I've done in the past. And so in doing the 12th step, I commit to practicing these principles in all the daily affairs. And to me, that is, really paying back the way I was for most of my life. I mean, just to be accepting and compassionate for people, to people and to be patient with them and um, just to know that we can never really pay back all the wrong that I did before. So when I go back to my old self and start becoming impatient or judgmental or whatever the way I was. I have to stop and do a 10th step and I'm so thankful for this program to realize that, yeah, the outcome of my life is in God's hands and that's a gift we get from this program and practicing our principles and all our daily affairs helps us to um, pay back yeah, the debt that we owe that really can never be paid back, but only by accepting and ex- living in acceptance and abandoning um, ourselves to our higher power. Can we experience uh, the same um, compassion and forgiveness and grace that God has given us by giving us um our abstinence and our, um, yeah, our uh, walking in the sunlight, our experiencing his love and, and his grace, we have to just keep passing it on and using that as um, our way to pay back our debt, as as we would say. So, so thankful to be here and so thankful to all of you for all your shares and for our fellowship. And um, the love program. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Joanne. Okay, Sue Ann W., you're up, followed by Elizabeth B. Hi, it's Sue Ann W., a grateful recovery over, over compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Can I be heard? Yep, you can be heard. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service today, and thank you for um, all these shares. I have learned so much. I always do get so much from everybody else's share. I'm just so grateful to be able to be here at this meeting. The thing that I highlighted in this paragraph is he came to the conclusion that it was better to take these risks 
than to stand before his creator guilty of such ruinous slander. I've realized what I owe Benz to so much. Every time I read this, um, I've discovered amends I need to make for things I've never thought of. Um, and I will obviously excuse me, talk to my sponsor about this because I'm not really at the place to do this yet in my recovery, but it's just incredible. I'm so grateful for, um, <laughs> sorry, the opportunity to be here. Um, it's it's um, nervous laughter. And I want to thank everybody again, and thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you. Um, that was Sue Ann W. Elizabeth B., you're up, followed by Julie P. Hi, um, this is Elizabeth B. in North Carolina. Um, recovered, recovering, compulsive overeater. Um, I had a service commitment on this meeting this morning, and I, I did not meet that service commitment. So I'm making an amend to the group for not being there to read the 12 steps this morning. Um, this meeting has been the most powerful one for me because of the shame and guilt that I felt for missing um, missing the uh, opening of the meeting and fulfilling my responsibility that I had signed up for. Um, as a result, um, the shame and guilt and um, leveling of my pride opened my ears in a way that it hadn't been. Um, the last few weeks, I've started to feel, started to take myself out of the group, um, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not getting it, I'm not doing it right. Um, and th that kind of thinking is what, is why I only have a little over three months in this program after being in the rooms for many, many years. Um, I, this disease wants me dead, and um, I contemplated after I realized what had happened when I tuned in at 7.03, um, I contemplated n never coming back, um, never coming back, never wanting to show my face, never if up, show my voice, <laughs> um, and that is, that's the voice of the disease, and that's the voice that has kept me struggling and suffering in a compulsive overeating, bulimia, and exercise addiction for the last 40 years. Um, I need this program more than anything in the world, and I am so grateful for everybody's share today because, because of my ears were so open and because I was so embarrassed and ashamed, I really listened and I really heard some incredible shares, and um, I'm just really grateful that I'm still here and that, moderator, you gave me the chance to share and, and make an amend so that I can put it down and get on with my day. Thank you for um, letting me share. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Um, and that's why we always have a backup person. So, um, Julie P., you're up, and um, we'll have possibly one more minute if someone wants to think about that. Go ahead, Julie. Good morning. Thank you for hearing. My name is Julie P., recovered in Minnesota, and I really want to thank everybody shares this morning. 
and also thank my higher power for the willingness to show up this morning and claim my seat. Um, there are a few words that also stuck out to me, but I'm going to replace it with I. I have to place the outcome in God's hands, or I would soon start. I'm going to replace drinking with eating again, and all would be lost. It's my job to suit up and show up to this program, or I know that I will lose it all. I have been irritable, unreasonable, and discontent for the last three days. And I know that if I did not show up this morning, that maybe all would be lost. But I am so grateful for the willingness to continue to work this program on a daily basis to the best of my ability. Because I cannot remove my irritableness, unreasonableness, and discontent all on my own. My loving sponsor says, that's God's job not mine. But I know that if I do not show up and work this program, that I will be lost. And I don't want to go back there because I remember what it's like and I really don't want to do that. So thank you for allowing me to share in everybody's service. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Julie P. Okay, we have two minutes if someone wants to take that. Terry J. Go ahead, Terry. Good morning. Thank you for your service this morning. Thank everybody that has shared prior to me. My name is Terry J. I am in Michigan and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater, abstinent for today. And it's always today. I'm uh Grateful again for all the shares that I've heard this morning. They have been heartfelt, each one of them. I got something out of each share. And looking at the amends portion of my disease or how I got to that, you know, the things that I need to do to make amends um, for behaviors around food and not just around food, around my character defects that show up that lead me to pick up the food because that's my uh, way of soothing those character defects rather than diving deeper into this program, which I am doing now. And it's encouraging to know that I'm not the only one that struggles in this area of abstinence and maintaining abstinence. And today I realized that's mainly about character defects and acting out on them. So I'm grateful for the shares, grateful for the reading, grateful for this process to reconcile the relationship with uh, my power that's greater than me that I choose to call God and Jesus Christ and that person. So, yeah, I'm just grateful this morning, and I wanted to share that and thank everybody for helping me along on this journey. Have a great day, folks. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Terry J., for taking us out. And I thank everyone um, who has shared today. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, um, Thursday, May 11th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,251. That's 20251. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 
followed by the serenity prayer. Will Pam S.R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you. This is Pam S.R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we, you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of a happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>